Hello world, I'm Greg Patton, stand by for news and stuff. You know, upon receiving a present, we ordinarily thank the giver, do we not? I'm sure you did that over Christmas. Obviously, we should do that with divine gifts as well, right? God tells us that all good gifts are from him, James 1.17. And what's more, he instructs us to always give thanks for all things, Ephesians 5.20. How do we do that? Well, how about giving thanks with sound? We can speak of our gratitude to the Lord in private or in public. Thanksgiving can also be conveyed through music, obviously, Jonah 2.9. And you can give thanks by living holy. As a response to God's goodness and faithfulness, we should honor him with our obedience. Paul expressed it this way, Therefore I urge you, brethren, by the miracles of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's Romans 12.1. And then your generosity as well. If we're truly grateful for what we receive, we'll gladly share our time, our money, our gifts, well, all of our resources with God. It's easy to become possessive of what we deem ours, forgetting that actually everything is from God. How do you express your gratitude to God, my friend? Take some time today to thank God for your many blessings. Just think about it. Oh, it'll make a better day for you. What in the world is going on? Feeling good about the economy? It's supposed to be one of the positives of the current administration. It's wonderful. CBS Morning News just did a report, and they went to a grocery store, and they couldn't find anybody outside of this New Hampshire grocery store that was feeling good about the economy. While previewing an upcoming CBS News segment set to air this coming Sunday, they mentioned how people complained about higher food prices despite the, the signs that the economy is, is doing well. The news team made that note there that while Sleepy Joe tried to sell this thing, Yet somehow he's saying, I'm doing a great job. We're doing well with economic achievements, a.k.a. Bidenomics, ahead of the 2024 presidential election. It's not good. They say people are really bummed out about how the economy here in New Hampshire is going. Even the overall big picture numbers are not going in the right direction. It's all doom and gloom. Really? Biden says it's great. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley renewed her challenge to President Donald Trump on Wednesday to get on stage and debate her after he has repeatedly declined to debate his primary rivals. Haley, during a rally in South Carolina, pointed to Trump's recent claim that he would score higher on a mental competency test than Haley, who has called for such tests of anyone over age 75. And so he got upset and said that he would take one, a mental competency test, and challenge me on one that he would beat me. Maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't, but what I would say, okay, if that's the case, then let's get on the debate stage and let's go, she continued. Bring it, Donald. Show me what you got. It isn't going to do any good. Some donors are saying time to give it up. Nikki, quit acting like there's still some possibility that you could get there. Ain't going to happen. Example, Andy Sabin, the chairman of the board of Sabin Metals, he's a big donor to the Republicans, used the famous lyrics from The Gambler, it's time for her to quit. He said Haley's last stand was indeed. And Sabin, of all things, went to Kenny Rogers. Remember him, he said, you have to know when to hold them, you've got to know when to fold them. 
You got to know when to walk away. It's time for Nikki Haley to walk away, said this CEO. So if you're one of those who believes that the 2020 election was stolen and given to Sleepy Joe, it, you're not alone. But you are considered a nutcase for even giving that a second thought. Well, there are those guys like uh, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton who believes exactly that. That when you went to bed way back in 2020, Donald Trump was tromping Joe Biden. And when you woke up, all of a sudden things had turned. Ken Paxton, Attorney General, Texas, is one man who stood up against the Democrat Marxist onslaught. He believes that, oh, so many do, it was all stolen. They stopped counting the votes on election night, Ken Paxton says, because they needed to figure out how many votes were needed so they could figure out how many mail-in ballots to apply to the election to give to Giuseppe. That's what would have happened in Texas had I not been there. So it was stolen. Ken Paxton said, I have no doubt whatsoever. I've been through the whole process so many times. It wasn't just a water leak. It was a flood. It was planned. I mean, it would have happened in Texas, I promise you. They just stopped counting ballots on election night. Have you ever seen or heard that before? Well, Ken Paxton said, never in my life and neither of you. I was like, I knew it when they stopped and Trump is leading in all these states. I knew exactly what they were up to because there's no way in the world to know where those mail-in ballots came from. Anybody could have filled them out, anybody. There's no way to know where those ballots came from. Dangerous conspiracy. And it's just not a theory. You know it happened. The demons, the crooks running the country to this day. Will they do it again in 2024? Now, what do you think? How about every survey that comes up? These numbers change a whole lot. Many of us, they say, would be in trouble in America if we had to foot the bill for an unplanned expense. Bank rates January Financial Security Index reveals that just four in 10 U.S. adults would cover the cost of a $1,000 car repair or emergency room visit using their savings. The findings echo what previous bank rate studies and others, including the Federal Reserve and the Pew Charitable Trust, have found about Americans lacking any rainy day savings. The higher your household income, the more likely you would be to use savings to pay for unanticipated costs. That's true for six in ten households earning $75,000 or more annually. And where are you today? Hawk, if you love Joe Biden, why, of course they did. The United Auto Workers just honked for Joey. Fresh off a historic strike victory, the influential labor union endorsed the president's re-election, the fake president's re-election campaign yesterday, possibly giving him a leg up now in some battleground states. UAW President Sean Fain's seal of approval comes as Biden and former President Donald Trump President Donald Trump, who has all but cemented the Republican nomination after winning in Iowa New Hampshire, ramp up their general election campaigning and turn the smooze dial up to 11 for all those undecided voters. Biden-Trump, both seeking to win over auto workers and labor groups. Well, we'll see. 
Business news, Tesla reported lower than expected revenue for the final quarter of last year, and the electric vehicle maker predicted its sales growth this year will be as slow as a cyber truck in the snow. Not going to be good. FAA won't allow production increases for Boeing 737. Yesterday, the Federal Ministry Yesterday, the Federal Aviation Administration put a stop to Boeing's planned expansion of its 737 MAX aircraft production. But it also cleared the runway for MAX 9 models involved in that scary Alaska airline door plug blowout. They can take off again now. They've checked things out, said it's good to go. Uh-huh. A black Jesus, Really? And the ever-evolving debate over who holds the title of basketball's greatest of all time, that means GOAT, who is the GOAT, Michael Jordan's name has stood the test of time. Now, LeBron James, the Lakers superstar, don't like him much, has undeniably entered the conversation, creating a dynamic duel for that title. LeBron recently opened up about his first encounter with Michael Jordan, a basketball legend when he grew up, idolizing him. In a candid conversation, James shared his disbelief and awe during the initial meeting. When I met Michael Jordan for the first time, literally, I couldn't believe it was him. The dude looked like Jesus Christ. What does that mean? He was the black Jesus to me. And on goes the story. I don't know. Well, this is interesting. Amazon, who owns those ring doorbells that you might have at your house, said yesterday it's no longer going to let police easily request doorbell footage from users. So officers will have to get a warrant or subpoena to get your footage there. Previously, the neighbors apt, which ring users are automatically enrolled in when they buy a security camera, allows officers to use a request for assistance tool to ask individuals to volunteer footage. I don't know, that seems like it'd be a positive thing, especially with crime and all. Civil liberties groups, however, journalists and politicians have long questioned Ring's claims that the cameras deter crime. And the company's willingness to facilitate users handing over their private video has made the same groups raise their eyebrows, especially in light of reports that the cops have requested Ring videos to identify protesters. I don't get any of that. Hey, somebody ordered bunches of books recently. Talking about the Invisible War on the Saints.com. Do you have yours yet? Oh, it's a goodie, my friend. I am big on talking about Satan and his demons. I have seen their destruction up close and personal many times. And we who follow Jesus Christ have that enemy named Satan, Mark 1.13. A created being, he is loose in the world today, but he's limited to what he can carry out against you, according to Job 1.12. Many people consider him nothing more than a figment of the imagination, which allows him to do a lot of destruction undetected. While he is a defeated foe, John 16.11, he pretends otherwise. He wants to draw you away from God through both direct and subtle means, that temptation we talked about earlier to thwart God's purpose in our lives by getting us out of the Father's will, to deny God his rightful glory and honor, which results from our choosing to live obedient lives, and to destroy us in this world. The father of lies, John 8, 44, uses falsehood, deceit, and temptation as tools for achieving those goals, to carry out his work. To do that, he's chosen our minds 
as the main battleground. Something that might be good today is to offer a prayer of surrender. Lord, I offer you complete control over my mind. Reveal any thinking that doesn't agree with your word and teach me your truth. Here's a part of the new world, a mutated goat. Mutated goat with the face that looks eerily like a human being has been born in India. Shocking onlookers. Images and videos of the mutated mammal have gone viral. Initially, the deformed mammal perplexed villagers in Namobi, India, but it's now believed it will be worshipped as an avatar from God, according to the Sun-Times. It's likely that the goat suffers from a congenital defect known as cyclopia, which can occur in humans as well as animals. It's a very rare syndrome of severe facial dysmorphism. Some are calling it a demon goat. So which is it? Demon goat or goat sent from God? Unusual animal sights always garner plenty of attention. It's not a god. It's a deformed goat. Plain and simple. He really said that? John Adams? One useless man is a shame. Two is a law firm. Three is a congress. You hear me say it all the time, where's my gun? Now take this pistol, that's for tyranny. And then take this uh, shotgun, that's for close-up tyranny. And then uh, my thirty thirty here with a scope on it, that's for far-away tyranny. And then uh, here's the AR-15, that's for lots of tyranny. Who said that? Carol M. Swain, former Democrat and black political science professor. The Democrat Party is pure Marxism using blacks. Gee, you think? And the best one for last, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Oh, do it today. Where's my Bible? Let's talk about temptation right after this. Just joined us. This is Hello World. News, information, comment, devotion from a conservative Christian in the Midwest. I'm Greg Patton, former television news anchorman, news reporter, rock disc jockey, and all that other stuff before Jesus entered in, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us each day at this time. Some of you are loyal listeners and supporters, and that's a big deal. Ministries always needing money. It's the goodness of our church in Fort Wayne allowing us the time to do this and contributions from people just like you. You can get on board today, get in touch, gregpatton.com, and say, I want to hear conservative news and information in the days ahead. I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be helping as the Lord leads. And we say, thank you so much. Well, I was talking with our church recently about the prayers of Jesus, four simple things that he prayed for, you know, in Luke 17 and Luke 22. He prayed that your faith would not fail. Oh, we need that prayer, don't we? And that we would be kept from temptation. And obviously, sanctification, yes, he wanted you to be sanctified. How are you doing in that? Oh, and that uh, fourth one, there's actually four things. The area of unity. That one is always needed in the Christian community, certainly in the church. So let's deal with one of them today. <laughs> it's a bad one temptation. You know, it's true. Everyone faces temptation. Just as we all have different strengths and interests and weaknesses, we as Christians, we have different areas of temptation in our lives. Some might be enticed to lie. 
Some steal, maybe gamble. Others are lured by smoking and drinking and immorality. What ensnares one person may have no effect on another. When people have difficulty resisting sin, many decide, this is just the way I am, take it or leave it, and they give themselves over to that temptation. Some individuals, after repeatedly yielding, cease to recognize the specific situation as temptation. That happens. Instead, they justify their sinful behavior as simply, that's the way they live. All temptation ultimately comes from the enemy, of course, whose goal it is is to cast doubt into your mind and disrupt your fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan wants to remove us from God's will in order to stop us from worshiping and serving and, and glorifying Him. In that way, he attempts to destroy our witness for Jesus Christ. The Scriptures use Israel's history as a warning to us in the perils of temptation in our day. In 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 12, Paul relates that despite God's abundant blessing, the nation nevertheless chose the wrong way, behaving immorally, practicing idolatry, grumbling a lot about the Lord's good gifts. The Israelites were tempted and they yielded. In fact, the nation's entire history was a reoccurring cycle of being obedient and blessing and temptation and rebellion and God's chastisement. Sound familiar? That's the way it happens with many individuals as well today. They desperately fall into the same old temptations until they finally conclude, well, I tried, but uh, I just can't do any better. These folks reason that, well, God tempted me, uh, the devil tempted me, or it simply isn't fair. The pressure was just more than I could handle. And again, they give in. All temptation is based on fantasy. That is, our imagination of life under a different set of circumstances. It starts with a thought. However, simply thinking about something does not automatically mean that you have sinned. As you linger on that thought, however, your imagination begins to take over. I wonder how it would be to possess this or to try that, maybe to have a different spouse, to replace my co-worker at his job, to have a little more fun in life. As you imagine what the experience might be like, you begin to desire it, then that desire grows, and it's not long before your will becomes involved in all of that. At that point, you have to choose. You either turn away from the temptation or you give in to the flesh which longs to be gratified with things beyond divine set boundaries. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, your only defense is going to be your human resistance, which, well, that's not going to last very long. I'm sorry. From 1 Corinthians 10.13, we can identify other characteristics of enticing situations. First of all, temptations are common. God created us with legitimate needs and desires. And his will encompasses everything that we must have, plus much of what we want. He intended for our yearnings to be met with, well, I guess you would say, what, certain parameters? Oh, yeah. And beyond which lie those things he knows that are destructive or unhealthy. And that's why God sets limits. Not to prevent us from having any fun in life or enjoying it, but he does it to protect you. Temptation is an enticement to go beyond the boundaries. God has set us up for natural, divinely bestowed desires in this old world. When you and I exceed those limits, we sin. For example, he certainly gave us an appetite for food. I like food, don't you? Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to exist. 
But if we pass that boundary of self-control, we overeat, become gluttonous. Is that sin? Similar to the desire for sex. That's a gift from God. But when indulged into an unhealthy extreme, it becomes a sin. Our freedom stops where he's placed those limitations to keep us safe. What to do? What to do? Satan tries to narrow our focus onto something very small, the object that is enticing us. Our Heavenly Father, on the other hand, desires that we keep sight on the big picture. You're saved. You're a Christian. There are several ways to build a defense. Ask yourself some questions. Before you take action, consider the answers to this. If I should yield to this temptation, what will be the immediate and future consequences? Oh, and identify areas of weakness. Are you hungry, angry, lonely, tired? What's the problem? That's halt, by the way. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Visualize your victory. Too often we set ourselves up for failure thinking, I'm afraid I'm going to slip. I'm going to fail. Are you accountable to a friend? A lot of people do that. Set aside a daily time for prayer and meditation on this very thing. And learn, above all else, to rely on the Holy Spirit. Until you understand how the indwelling helper works in your life to enable and empower you, all your attempts to resist temptation will depend upon your own strength. Be honest now, and you'll continue to fail. But if you resist the devil, build up your defenses, Ephesians 6, 10-18, and depend on the Holy Spirit, you're going to have great victory in Jesus along the way. When I share this message, I can say, been there, done that. I was smoking four packs of cigarettes a day when I got saved. Isn't that something? I had a terrible alcohol problem. My wife and I were about to divorce. Been with her 62 years. Been straight, if you will, since I've been saved. And those who knew me in the past, a terrible potty mouth, to say the least. Yet God can do wonderful things. Does Satan tempt every day? Seems like about every minute of every day. That's just life, my friend. Give it all to God. Gaining victory over temptation, resisting the devil, he will flee from you. That can become a reality in your life. You can do it. And the more you yield, the smoother it gets, that walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. I would encourage you today, my friend, you pray about it. God's there. He's ready, willing, and able when you are. And maybe that's really a key. Are you serious about gaining victory in Jesus? It was a sad day. I remember it well. I was not doing good in car sales. Nothing seemed to be working. They gave us a whole list of people to call cold and have them come in and buy a Volkswagen. (laughs) I did not do well as a car salesman. I really didn't. One day, I'm just making stuff up. I'm just talking in the phone. Yes, sir. So you'll be in Saturday, and a good chance you'll buy something, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) When the general manager came over to my desk and said, what are you doing? I'm just making these calls here, trying to sell a car. He said, that phone is not working. (laughs) Yeah, was I red-faced. I can tell you it wasn't the first time in life, and it certainly is not going to be the last. 
Well, I heard from Kent Hill, WHCB, this morning. Sherathon is on. There's been some questions. So with that, all of our engagements will hold as well. First Free Will Baptist Church, Lynn Valley Baptist Church. Going to try to get up to Bloomingdale Baptist Church in uh, Kingsport. All kinds of good things happening. So continue to pray for WHCB. They can get back on the air regularly. So you can tune in your radio show, and there it is. I thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to join me on Facebook, Greg, Jerry G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. I'm loving it. Many of you are. Well, that's it. Have a say for another day. That's the way it is on Thursday, January the 25th, 2024. I am Greg Patton. God bless. You have a great day.